Psalm 125. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. For the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, lest the righteous put forth their hands into iniquity. Do good, O Lord, unto those that be good, and to them that are upright in their hearts. As for such as turn aside unto their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity, but peace shall be upon Israel. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as I bow before you this evening, I thank you for another opportunity to stand before your people and preach the word of God. Lord, how I need you tonight, how I need your power and your wisdom and all that's necessary, Lord, for me to represent you. Help me to do that honestly and truthfully tonight. I pray, God, that you'd give me uh, the wisdom I need to be able to communicate the truth in a way that will honor you. Bless our time together. Meet the need of every heart, and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak uh, about the omnipresence of God. Uh, that simply means that God is everywhere present. Uh, it's an attribute of God along with omnipotence, means God is all-powerful, and omniscience, God is all-knowing, God has all wisdom. But we'd like to look at the omnipresence of God tonight, the all-present God. God is everywhere. And there's nowhere you can go and escape the Lord. Now, we look at this in several ways. First of all, God is above us. The Bible tells us in Joshua 2, verse 11, For the Lord your God, He is God, in heaven above and in earth beneath. So where is heaven? Heaven is above. According to the Bible, more specifically, uh, heaven is in the north uh, in relation to uh, the universe of God. But the Bible said the Lord is in heaven above. Now, the sin of Satan in Isaiah, I want to turn there to a very familiar scripture to you, Isaiah 14, and uh, we see the sin of Satan in verse uh, number 12 of Isaiah 14, page 726, says, How have I fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How have I cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? Now the Lord's talking to the devil here. Uh, the devil, people say, why did God create the devil? Well, he didn't create him the devil. He created him an angel. And he fell and became the devil. He was called Lucifer, son of the morning. And this was his sin, verse 13. For thy hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Now twice there in verse 13, he said, I will exalt my throne 
above the stars of God. Verse 14, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. So what was the sin of Satan? Satan wanted to be above. He wanted God's place. And uh, the Bible says God is uh, above, and the devil desired this. Now in John 3, verse 31, He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And then in John 8, 23, he said, I am from above. So God is above us. And then in Colossians, I want to turn there and read a couple of verses. Colossians chapter number 3 and verse 1 and 2. And he says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And so God is above us. And the Bible said that's where our affection ought to be. It ought to be where God's at. And the things of above. So as we think of the omnipresence of God, the ever pres- everywhere presence of God, we know God is above us, but not only that. The Bible teaches that God is underneath us. And that scripture I gave you this morning, Deuteronomy 33, 27, the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Those arms will never fail you. The arm of flesh will fail you. I will fail you. But Jesus never fails. He has everlasting arms. And they will support us forever. Isn't that? That's a blessing to me. I don't know about you. But uh, you talk about eternal security. It's right there in the Old Testament. And that does away with the heresy that, uh, uh, that uh, Old Testament saints did not have eternal security. Sure they did. Those that were saved did. They had the everlasting arms to lean on. Not the arms of flesh, but the everlasting arm. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. So God is underneath us. Jude 24, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So the Lord is able to keep us from falling. Why can't we fall? Because his arms support us. You know, I heard, I've read about eagles. And when that eagle is, you know, hatches those young young eaglets out and, and feeds them and they begin to grow and get to large enough to where they can fly, uh, that, uh, of course, they want to they stay in that soft nest, but they say that mother eagle will, uh, will take that softness out, though those, uh, that soft part of it. She'll take it out of the nest and make it uncomfortable for them. Yeah. And then she'll kick them out yeah. <laughs> out of the nest and... And uh, off of the cliff they go, and they'll begin to flop and try to fly, and 
and start to fall. Well, they say that mother is so fast she can swoop under that little eagle and catch that little eagle on her back and take it and take it up higher and higher and then let it loose again and and uh, may do that several times before that eagle learns to fly. You know, sometimes God has to do us that way, doesn't he? Sometimes he has to kick us out of the nest and make things difficult for us and, and so we can lean upon him. And so the Bible said he is able to keep us from falling. We may think we're falling. You know, yeah, I like the story there where Peter is, is out on the sea there and, and uh, the Lord comes walking on the water. And uh, uh, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come unto thee. He says, come on. Peter walks on the water, but he sees the storm, and he, he begins to sink. He doesn't sink. He just begins to sink. <laughs> he said, Lord, save me. And the Lord reaches out and rescues him. And that's how the Lord is. He's underneath us. He's going to keep us from falling. Amen. Now, in 2 Peter 1.10, Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye... Do these things. You shall never fall. What a promise that we have from this omnipresent God. God is above me. God is underneath me to keep me from falling and to see me through this troubled world. And uh, so he's underneath us. Uh, thirdly, God is before us. Or he is in front of us. Leading the way, as Brother Payne brought out in Sunday school this morning, the Lord went before them, before the disciples to Jerusalem there. He does the same for us. He didn't do anything for them. He doesn't do for you and I. He goes before us. He goes in front of us. There's nothing I have to face but what he walks in there ahead of me. We have the story there of the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They throwed them in the fire furnace and... Nebuchadnezzar said, Did not we throw three men in, bound? I see four men loose in the midst of the fire. And uh, that fourth one he, of course, thought was like a god. Uh, I believe it really was the Lord uh, there in the fire with him. But Nebuchadnezzar didn't know who he was at the time. But he goes before us in the book of Exodus and uh, chapter number 13, verse 21 and 22, he talks about uh, the Lord leading Israel out of Egypt there, out of bondage. Verse 21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. He was with them. Right. And, and of course, if you study, if you study this story in chapter 14, it seemed maybe the Lord uh, maybe missed the way, didn't he? It seemed that way. He didn't, of course. He knew what he was going to do. But uh, because the Lord knew. The Lord knew if he led them in the way of the Philistines, they'd head back to Egypt. And the Lord got them in such a predicament they had nowhere to turn but him. And so the Lord leads them down there and hymns them in with the Red Sea. Nowhere to go to the right, nowhere to go to the left. The Egyptian army's behind them 
and the Red Seas before them. And, uh, of course, uh, they, they find themselves in this situation. In verse 13, Moses said unto the people, Fear you not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Because God had a plan. He was going to get rid of the Egyptian army once and for all. Uh, that would hound them and pursue them. And so the Lord went before them in the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. There was the visible presence of the Lord. Amen. You say, well, I wish I had that. We got something better. We got the Holy Spirit himself. We got God himself leading, living in us and uh, to lead us in the way. So God is before us. Number four, God is behind us. God is above us. He is underneath us. He goes before us. He follows after us. He said, how can he do all that? Man, I don't know, but he does. Uh, Isaiah 30, verse 21, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Now, we described that as a backseat driver, wasn't we? Yeah. You ever have a backseat driver? Uh, and, uh, you know, if you feel like me, you don't think anyone can drive like you can. Right. I guess everybody feels that way, and, and it may not be too good a way to feel. <laughs> but uh, I guess I trust my own driving more than I trust anyone else's. And uh, uh, you may not trust it, but... <laughs> Anyway, he said, you'll hear a word behind thee. This is the way, walk in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. He is behind us. The Bible teaches there in Exodus 14 and verse 19, as Israel is going through the Red Sea, in verse 19, and the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. It was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all night. Think of that. I'll tell you, God, God uh, the Lord will let the enemies go so far and, and, and haul them in. He won't let them go any further. And so here, he goes behind them. He was before them, but he goes behind them and becomes a protection from the Egyptians. I think of the story in Genesis 22 of, uh, of Abraham offering up Isaac there, willing to offer him up. He binds him, uh, you know, and puts him on the altar and, and has the knife ready to slay him. And the Lord calls for him, and there is a ram called in the thicket behind, or by his horns behind him. And there the Lord has provided this sacrifice, a type of Christ. In Genesis 8, or John 8, 56, Jesus said about Abraham, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Yeah. Think of that. Abraham, Abraham uh, rejoiced to see the day of Jesus. And he saw it and was glad. I think that's where he saw it. It doesn't specify that particularly, but he says he rejoiced to see my day and he saw it 
and was glad. God had to reveal that to him, didn't he? Uh, how was Abraham saved? Abraham believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. Right. What did Abraham believe? He believed in Jesus. Right. He rejoiced to see my day. They, they took up stones to stone him. But Abraham knew about Jesus Christ, right. according to that scripture. Now, I don't think he knew all that we know. I don't guess he did. I don't know all God told him. Yeah. Uh, but I know that he, he knew about the, the coming of Christ as testified by Jesus Christ himself. Now, uh, there's a scripture. I'm just going to turn to it in, in Matthew 16 and uh, verse, uh, verse 23. Matthew 16, 23. Well, let me read verse 21. Get the whole context here of Matthew 16, 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thy are a defense unto me, for thy savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Of course, before this, we have the a great revelation of, of who Jesus is, and uh, thy art the Christ, the Son of the living God, verse 16, and verse 17, uh, that uh, uh, the Father hath revealed this unto thee. And so this great revelation that, that uh, God the Father gives to Peter, and uh, the Lord commends Peter of this. But Peter turns right around in verse 22 and begins to rebuke Christ. And says, you're not going to die. We're not going to let that happen. I think Peter was intent on that. You know, when they came there to the garden to arrest him, he took that sword and cut off a man's ear. Someone said they thought he meant to split his head open. I don't know. But... Uh, he was intent on seeing the Christ was not arrested. Well, he didn't understand all that was going on, did he? And the Lord says, Get thee behind me, Satan. You know, even a Christian could be used of the devil, can't he? Right. And we need to be careful that we not be an instrument in the hands of Satan to accomplish his will, to do anything to promote his kingdom. And so here he tells, he tells the devil, Get thee behind me. Now, that's a blessing to me. If the Lord is behind me, where's the devil? He's behind the Lord. <laughs> Isn't that a blessing? So between me and the devil is the Lord. Just like there in the book of Exodus. Between the Egyptians and Israel was the Lord. And the Egyptian couldn't get at the Israel because the Lord was there. And so... He tells us that he is behind us. He is above us. He is underneath us. He is in front of us. He is behind us. And then uh, in the scripture we read, we start off with, I'll turn back there, God is around us. He's above us. He's underneath us. He's in front of us. He's uh, 
uh, behind us. You say, oh, but that leaves that, leaves that uh, uh, you know, that uh, angle. He can get in kind of sideways. <laughs> well, this answers that. The Lord is around us, above us, underneath us, in front of us, behind us, and around us. Verse 2, Psalm 125, As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people. How long? From henceforth, even forever. Eternal security in the Old Testament. Even forever. How long is forever? It's long enough. Forever is a long time, isn't it? We've been there 10,000 years. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. And so he is around us as the mountains are round about Jerusalem. So the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. Psalm 34 verse 7, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. I believe that. Brother Tom Hayes is talking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, radio waves and, and uh, TV pictures and, and uh, all kinds of things, you know, that's, that's in this building tonight. Uh, you know, I mean, if you, you had a radio, you could turn it on and pick it up. I mean, it's, it's here, present. But I'll tell you, it's wonderful to know the Lord's here. And you be sure the devil's here. But, uh, but the, Lord, the Lord keeps him uh, at a distance if we're yielded to the Lord and submitted to the Lord. And the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. And we have no idea. I, there's been a few times in my life when it was very evident of the deliverance of God. There's been a whole lot of other deliverance I don't know anything about. And we ought to put that on our Thanksgiving list. We should never worship angels. We should worship the Lord. Right. We ought to thank God for His supernatural protection. Amen. His supernatural deliverance. And once been out on the highway, uh, you know, much, uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's a challenge every, every time you get out there, isn't it? Uh, watching that, not too much... You know, learning to drive isn't a whole big deal. I know when I first got my license and uh, uh, my dad finally uh, was persuaded I could, I could get them at 16, I thought, man, that is something. But you know, that, that mean fellow, he was so mean. He wouldn't let me drive at night until I'd driven for a year. Wasn't that mean? <laughs> No, he had more sense than I've got. And, and I look back on that and I, I realize the value of that, of that wisdom. And of course now I think they've passed, I heard something back the other day, some of the, some of the young people weren't liking it too good, you know, that they, they have, they're going to have, I can't remember all the details, the standards they have, but I think it's, I applaud it. My dad must have thought of that. I, I will tell him, I say, man, uh, my dad came up with that a long, many years ago <laughs> uh, when there wasn't any such laws. The law in the house, law in the house. But uh, uh, the Lord delivers us and, and keeps us safe. There's a wonderful story 
Now, I'll not take time to turn to it, but in 2 Kings 6, there's a wonderful story in the days of Elisha. Elisha succeeded uh, Elijah as the prophet of God. Uh, you know, the, the story that I think Brother Hayes uh, referred to it one night and, and talked about when Elijah was taken in that mantle. And, and, uh, but Elisha was the prophet of God, and the Syrians came in uh, to attack Israel, the land of Israel. Uh, there, and, uh, you know, the, the captain of the, the leader of the army, uh, he said, somebody is revealing our secrets because they know where we pitch camp and they avoid us. They know where we're going to attack and, and they, they're not there. They, they escape. Somebody, we've got a traitor for sure. They say, it's not us. It's that man of God. <laughs> it's that Elisha. He's telling the king, uh, he's telling the king uh, where we're at. And uh, he's revealing that secret. So he sends some, some people down to take care of this prophet of God. He said, don't you worry. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. That's the strangest. I could, I could put myself in that servant's shoes. That's the strangest statement. That servant said, let's see. You and me. That's two. If he gets to count all, these, all this army. They that be with us are more than they that be with us. He said, Lord, open his eyes. And the mountain is full of horses and chariots of fire. Round about Elijah. You know, I'd rather have the heavenly host on my side, wouldn't you? <laughs> than the applause of man. Uh, there, uh, the Lord, uh, and of course, he lead, the Lord smites him with blindness, and he leads him to the king there, and, and also now in their eyes, and they realize they're in the camp of the enemy. He said, shall I smite them? <laughs> he said, no, you want to smite someone you're taken as a captive? Send them back. And I'll tell you, when they got, I, I can imagine when they got through <laughs> talking to the king of Assyria, he said, let's go home, boys. <laughs> we can't fight against God. But uh, the Lord is around us to keep us safe. Then, number six, if that isn't enough, God is with us. Isaiah 41.10, Fear thy not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So the Lord said, I'm with you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to uphold you. The Lord said, I'm with you. And Psalm 23, verse 7 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I'll tell you, thank God he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He said, I'll go with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. That's our God tonight. He's there with us. He is above us. He's underneath us. He's in front of us. He's behind us. He's around us. He's with us. And number seven... And I think probably the most important, God is in us. <laughs> He's front of us, behind us, and above us, underneath us, and all around us. 
and he's in us. Now, you tell me how you're going to get away from him. For the life of me, I don't know how people come up with this stuff that, that you can just walk off. <laughs> you just walk off from the Lord. How are you going to get away? He's got, he's got us hemmed in. He's all around us, all outside of us, and inside of us. They no way. I'm talking about the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere present. And I've, I've, heard, I've heard people say, well, I'll tell you one thing. If you go into the beer joint, the Lord just won't go in there with you. That's nonsense. He'll wait outside. <laughs> How's he not going to go with you when he's all around us and inside of us? Yeah. How are you going to get rid of him? I don't want to get rid of him. Right. And he's not going to get rid of me. He ought to. Thank God he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. John 14. I want you to turn there, please. Uh, John chapter 14 and verse uh, 16. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now, this word comforter means one called alongside to help. But it's more than that. It's not only beside us as we've already seen that. I'll, I'll give you another comforter. He may abide with you forever. Think of that. Talk about security in Jesus. He'll abide with you forever. Right. You know, we're never going to be rid of the Holy Spirit. Bible said our glorified body, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. We're going to be raised a spiritual body. The Spirit of God is always going to be with us. Never, never leave us. He will abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So the Lord comes in the person of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, At that day shall you shall know that I am in my Father, ye in me, and I in you. We're all wrapped up in God. And so he says that he will be in us and if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If the Holy Spirit does not live in you, then you're not saved. Right. And uh, the Bible is very clear on that. If he's not there and he wants to be involved in our life and direct our life and lead our life, it will just let him. Uh, and if you're saved and you sin or if I sin, the Holy Spirit of God is going to deal with us. If he lives within us, he is in us. And Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. What's the guarantee of our hope? Christ in you. And Christ in us, Christ's Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is in us. So, the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere present. God is above us. God is underneath us. He is in front of us. He is behind us. He is around us. 
He is with us, and He is in us. And I don't know how, what else, how else to, you know, if that's not enough, I don't know what would explain it. The omni-everywhere presence of God. Let's bow our heads, please.